Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs> My name is Quincy. Tonight, my name is Quincy, and this is my show. And tonight, we are discussing the importance of being sexy. Well, it may not be important to some as it is to others. We will also get into limiting abortions. And, of course, since it's football season, we got to get into some zone coverage for sure. But before I get started, let me do a little show maintenance and explain how this show works For those who may be new, this show is a platform for you, the callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers. All of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag 
T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. All right. T2Q radio show number 518 starts right after these words from my official sponsors, Truth Devour and Crystal Hickerson, and also a sponsor um, I'm adding for tonight, Great Chats. So let's hear a word from them. From the Enigma series comes the contemporary romantic trilogy by author Truth Devour. Wanton, the winner of the L.A. Book Festival Romance category, is the first book in the trilogy that will get your heart pumping from the start. This is no ordinary love story. Its depth of range eloquently transitions moves from sexually electrifying to nostalgic to existential. An unforgettable journey which will leave you pleasurably aching for more. If it feels so good loving the wrong person, imagine how wonderful it's going to be when you love the right one. Now is your time. Truth Devour. www.truthdevour.com The novels of Crystal Hickerson. The Magician. The metaphysical action drama about the fight between good and evil which holds the fate of man in the balance. Street Corners, a tragic romantic crime saga of a man who has the hearts of two very different women in his hands. The choice he makes will hurt them both. Wanted, a ghostly story about a woman caught between the planes of life and death. It is left up to the reader to decide which reality was real. The Volunteer, the struggle of a man with his career and his life teetering on thin ice. Can love truly conquer all? And if you think this is the end for Crystal, you would be wrong. For as you listen to this, a new dynamic tale is on the way. Go to crystalhickerson.com to purchase all of her novels. Follow her on social media and listen to her on the radio at thecrystalshow.com. Enter the amazing world at crystalhickerson.com. Let's chat at greatchats.com. It's free to join. www.gr8chats.com. Join now. gr8chats.com. All right. My thanks to truthdevour.com, crystalhickerson.com, and greatchats.com. gr 8 Chats.com. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. And, you know, being sexy isn't just a physical thing. It's it's an attitude. You know, it's something you, you use to get a person's mind focused on every single thing that you're doing. Now, some people are masters at it, and some are not. But just how important is it? I mean, it definitely helps to get a mate, but is it required to keep a mate? That's one of the things we'll discuss tonight on the show. 
um, how important is being sexy to you? You know, is it a big deal or not? Uh, you know, now, a lot of ladies get caught up on, in this, and let me say this, ladies, your bodies are perfect, okay? Too often, ladies in relationships have complained about their looks, and I get that. I mean, we men are visual creatures, so we appreciate good-looking women. But some women take things a bit too far. You buy into what they're selling on television and in the magazines, and you kind of shortchange yourself. Don't do it. First of all, uh, now I'm not saying don't exercise or anything like that. Exercise has benefits for what's inside your body as much as it does for what's outside. Um, it's very important, but don't think it should be a full-time job and lose your hair over it. I mean, besides, if you're in a relationship, then the only person you should focus on pleasing besides yourself is your mate. If your significant other is happy, then why get depressed over how your body looks? I mean, sure, it helps to be happy with yourself, but your significant other is supposed to make you feel sexy. If they're doing their job, then there's no need to stress about losing a few pounds or having a rounder butt or whatever it is you think that you may need. Besides, many women only need enhancements, you know. I mean, maybe your makeup doesn't compliment you. Okay, so, you know, you don't want to look, look like Ronald McDonald, so don't overdo it. Uh, it could be that you don't wear clothes that truly fit your body type. I mean, you can't shop at Wet Seal with a lame Brian body, and that's just being honest. And it's possible that you need to step your shoe game up. Sneakers probably shouldn't be an everyday option for women over 21, unless that's like part of your profession, you're a nurse or something. Uh, I mean, but there are plenty of tweaks that most women can make uh, that can significantly enhance their look. I mean, I've seen too many examples of the girl next door turning into a Hollywood starlet almost overnight. That could be you if you simply take the time to honestly evaluate yourself to determine what would accent your look. Don't stress, okay? Don't spend money on unnecessary, unnecessary surgeries. Don't kill yourself in the gym. You know, a lot of you may think that you may not think that you have the perfect body, but you're perfect for someone, and that's what's important. Embrace what you have, and if you need to fine-tune yourself, then do so. But be happy with who you are and stop letting society dictate what is sexy. Now, a good man wants a good woman. If she looks like a model, then great. But the main thing is that she's good for him. We do want you to look good, but we only care about our standards. You know, my lady doesn't have to be a perfect 10. She just has to be perfect for me. Okay. And everyone has something that gets their attention when it comes to physical attraction. And, I mean, you know, you have, for guys, you have breast men, leg men, butt men, I mean, to name the most popular. However, like with everything else, I tend to be a little different. And as far as what's perfect for me, if you've been reading my blog for an extended period of time, do you know I never seem to go with the majority on anything? And for those of you who listen to my show, you may have figured that out by now, too. But, like, for me, what I consider sexy, one of the first things I look for on a woman, if she's facing me, um, are her lips. To me, lips are the sexiest thing on a woman. All right? It's not that I disregard her other features or anything, but lips are just a starting point for me. There's something sensual about a set of full lips on a woman. And, yeah, I said full. I'm not saying that it's the end-all, be-all if it's not, but that's just a preference for me when it comes to attraction. Okay, 
Now, I mean, if they're not full, they can be pouty. That's all good. I've always been a fan of the Jana Gershon look. However, if someone can pull off both, then she probably can t- take complete advantage of me. But um, physical attraction is very subjective. Now, there have been some idiots who have tried to measure it, but you can't measure it in an opinion. And we all have something that we enjoy seeing um, on people, you know, that we find attractive, and that's part of what makes people so unique. I mean, we're just like animals, but what separates us from them is that we have a preferred taste. Now, a woman can decide that a man be, may be too short for her liking. A man can decide that a woman may not have the pair of legs that turns them on. I mean, that's the beauty of it all. It's completely up to you. And people always look one-sided at me when I tell them that a woman's lips are the most attractive things. I mean, they assume that I should value breasts, booty, you know, or legs. And those things are a dime a dozen, if you ask me. However, I I mean, I just have that preference, uh, you know, that, that works for me. And again, it may not work for everyone, but you have to determine what sexy is. You have to decide what you consider a turn on. And as far as tonight's show and what we're going to discuss, uh, you have to be able to define sexy. Okay. And then at that point, you have to determine uh, how important is it in your upcoming relationships? Is it something that, um, you know, maybe on a scale of 1 to 10, it's is an 8 when it comes to being important? Um, is it something that, you know, maybe on a lower scale? I've heard some women say that it's not as important for them as it is to some guys. And again, it goes back to men being the visual thing. And... um you know, it's just one of those deals where you just kind of have to figure out how important it is to you. Um, for some people, it's more about the physical. To others, it's the mental side of things. Um, a person's mind can be sexy. They can be intriguing. And But you know what? Let me, let me go to the phones. I'm kind of rambling on here. And I'll go to the 850 area code and bring on one of my show legends who has dialed in. From the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida. Welcome on, my man Buck. Buck, what's going on, bro? Doing well, man. You doing okay? Doing great. Love the intro, man. That's just awesome. Every time I hear it. <laughs> Glad you enjoyed it, bro. And I was just kind of going through, man. I fooled around and I felt like I was giving a dissertation. But uh, essentially just talking about what people may consider as being sexy. How How is it important to you? You know, you can't let society determine it. But let me just ask you, man, uh, what is being sexy to you? How, how would you define it? And that, that question um, is actually from straight from the talk to Q now at gmail.com inbox from Rochelle. Rochelle is someone that um, I've come across with on Twitter, and she, she subscribes to my newsletter, and she asked that question. What is being sexy, and how do you define it? Well, I'm going to define it two different ways. I'm going to define it from a male perspective and a female perspective. I'll start with the female okay. first. Um, um, from a female perspective, what I consider to be sexy is a female that doesn't necessarily put all her business in the street. And what I mean is, all her body parts don't need to be showing. Um, in order to pique my interest, you can have all the curves you want. I just want them covered up in the street. She can be a freak in the sheets. Um, 
from a male perspective, we need to be masculine. We need to, you know, we need to be a man. We don't need to have any feminine characteristics. We don't need to be soft. We need to be rough and tough a little bit, but we also need to have that, you know, need that masculinity. You need that, you know, take care of yourselves. I mean, we're living in an age now where, you know, taking care of yourself is very, very important. With that being said, um, you know, you need to make sure you do your working out, you know, doing what you need to, you know, and most importantly, be, you know, be a man. I mean, you know, when you when you got that masculinity, it, it comes out. It sometimes it can, you know, for a lot, you know, for a lot of women, it comes off to be sexual. So you know, you have that profile about yourself. I mean, I think that's what a, a lot, of, you know, from a man perspective, that's a lot of what's missing in today's society because all these guys wearing their pants sagging, you know, clothes that don't fit. You know, you want to have clothes that fit. You know that you, you know your pants not hanging off the back of your ass. Women like to see an ass on a man sometimes. So, you know, they want to see a tight-fitting <laughs> shirt and those types of things. So, you know, that just that gets them aroused. You know, they can see the bulge in their pants, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, that's what I, you know, that's what I perceive. Okay, okay. And, uh, yeah, what you wear is definitely a part of it, and we'll probably get into that. Um, on Facebook, Shonda chimed in, and she said – as far as what's being sexy to her, she said one word, confidence. All right. So, and that's true. I not think a arrogant. lot of women, yeah, yeah, not arrogance, but confidence. And there's a thin line, Buck, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, as a guy, you want to be confident without coming off too arrogant. I mean, how do you balance that? Well, just just how you carry yourself, man. I mean, you you know me as well as, you know, we've known each other for a long time. So, you know, when we used to get ready for the club, there were just certain things. I mean, there's certain things you wear, there's certain things I wear. You know, you press your jeans or you press your slacks, you know, if you're wearing slacks or even your shorts for that matter. Uh, shirts, press, and dress. Um, nice shoes. Um, if it's cold, you might want to add a vest or a trench coat or something. You know, you had that uh, that fabled jean trench coat that, that was really tight. <laughs> way I mean, back in the tight. day, yeah. That was way back. So I mean, I've had a little bit of a flashback here. But, you know, there was there's certain things. There's a certain swagger that you have to carry. I mean, and, and it, to some, it may come off of arrogance. And I, and I'm, I'm stressing no arrogance here. Just straight confidence. You know, the way you, know, you hate, the way you walk, you know, it's almost like you have a theme music playing when you're walking, even though it's not playing. But mm-hmm. you've got to have that sense of style to you. You know how you carry yourself, and and how how confident you are, ultimately could you know attract somebody that you really like. This is true, very true. And um, on Twitter, let's see, Morgan chimed in and she says that the mind, as far as what's sexy to her, it doesn't have to be brilliant, but it has to be worth me exploring. It's the heart. I need to desire to live there. All right. So everyone has a different definition of what sexy is to them. And that's what makes it so subjective. You know, you have television trying to tell us what it should be, and it's not that. It can be anything. So, I mean, but what percentage of sexy is mental, and what percentage of it is physical? Well, I mean, it depends on the obviously behold. I mean, for me, you know, I like subtle I like a female that's subtle with her sexuality, um, where she doesn't wear it on her sleeve per se. Um, 
females can be sexy in a variety of ways. I'll give you a few examples. They can have their toes just done, and they're trying on a pair of shoes in, in a shoe store. It could, you know, this sexuality can um, can peak by them trying on shoes and looking in the mirror and you're looking at your lady going, damn, you know, you might you want to stop it with a biscuit. Um, <laughs> or, or it could be something even even more, you know, more like, I'll give you an example. Could be could be eating somewhere, and she may maybe would just say go and corral or something, and she may be just walking getting food. And this is the way that she carries herself walking to get her food and back. She don't have to have any short skirt on or anything like that. She can just have jeans and a t-shirt on for all I care. Just you know, just the way that the female carries herself can evolve sexuality. I mean, a lot of people in today's society, I mean, sex sells, so everybody automatically thinks that. You know they can be. They have to wear, you know, something to show all their body parts, which is that's just not the case. To me, that that just shows something entirely different, not sexuality. Because any any real guy doesn't want his lady to have short skirts on so short they can see the 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 curves of her hips, um, or you know, breast going going all the way down to nipples. That to me, that's not sexy. To me, that's slutty. So you want to make sure that. You know, you're wearing something that, I mean, it's good to have all the curves. We want to see the curves. We just don't want to see all the skin coming, you know, that's out. We want to see that, you know, in a different light. We want to see that behind closed doors, not out in the open. Yeah, I think a lot of um, guys who are actually looking for something substantial in their relationships feel that way. Um, It just doesn't have to be all out there. And that's something I saw a Facebook meme about that the other day where I had this woman and she was posing and, you know, a little G-string showing, back shot and everything. And I think the meme says, if your boyfriend lets you post pictures like that, he doesn't love you. And so, and a lot of people feel that way. I mean, if you're showing, if you feel like you have to show skin to get approval, then, you know, you're going to attract the type of people who may not necessarily have, you know, your best interests at heart as far as a relationship is concerned. But, I mean... So what what attracts you to a person first? Is it the mental sexiness or the physical sex, sexiness? You know, is it their attitude or is it just the body? And, and I think for most men it may be the body, but, I mean, everyone's different. So what's your preference? Well, I have to tell, I have to tell what I look for. To me, it's the eyes. The eyes tell the story. Um, if I get the eye contact that I'm looking for, that kind of tells me what they're about. You know, because the eyes are the gateway to the soul. And if they really into you, you can see it in their eyes. Um, they can say whatever they want to say, but the eyes tell the story. So to me, you know, when any time that I ever, you know, was attracted to some to a female, um, it's the eyes. I mean, I don't have to say anything to them. You know, I don't have any crazy, cheesy lines or any kind of all that kind of stuff because the eyes tell me everything that I need to know. I can look in a woman's eyes and tell her and pretty much say, pretty much know whether they want to take me home or not. Not whether I want to take them, whether they want to take me. So, you know, there won't be any, a whole lot of talking. You know, it just, it's just, it's more, more so just by looking in the eyes and then we go from there. Um, it doesn't matter what I'm, you know, standing next to him at the bar or standing across the bar from him. That pretty much tells the tale right there. 
Okay, so it is physical, but it's more or less it's the eyes for you. And um, yeah, well, I mean, the conversation and things of that nature, and body language, all that play key roles in that. I mean, um, yeah, but that's usually things. secondary after the initial attraction, though. No, it's not secondary as far as I'm concerned. It's all a part of the total, total package. You know, I don't just look in the eyes and you know say this is this is it. There's a there's a lot of other things that factor into that. Um, how they keep how the upkeep of their body and those types of things, how they smell, all of those are very key factors in whether I mean, you can look good all you want to. If you don't smell good, you ain't coming home with me. So <laughs> you know, there's it's a lot of things we that's a whole that's a whole damn show by itself. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, but um I mean it's a total package. I mean and the way a female carries herself and the way that she presents herself from head to toes, and I mean that literally. Um, that 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 plays a key role in you know being sexy. You can look good all the way up, uh, all the way down, but if your toes jacked up, that throws off the entire sexiness as far as I'm concerned. So you got to be, you know, it's it's all a total package. I don't just look in the eyes and say, oh, you know, this is it. It's got to be your whole package on how you carry yourself. Right. You know, and, and I think ultimately. I think ultimately it is. I mean, for me, though, as far as just as far as, you know, the the question itself, um, the physical sexiness attracts me first. That's just the first thing I'm going to notice. Um, I mean, it's not often unless you meet someone by phone, like, say, you have a job where you have to call this particular department all the time and. Over time, you can develop a rapport with someone and you get attracted to them because of their personality. So I'm not saying that it can't happen that way. But nine times out of ten, if you're just out and about someone you see some, and you see somebody, you know, for for me, it's like, oh, man, okay, this person looks good. And after that, then all the other things may, may factor in. Um, on Twitter, Morgan says, it's all in the approach. The first moment is cru- crucial. You'll be surprised how interested I become if you're about something. So she's just saying it's the it's probably the mental side for her because it's kind of the swagger that some people talk about. You hear a lot of women mention that if a guy comes in the room and he's kind of has command of the room or maybe has that confidence that Shonda mentioned earlier, then that can be sexy to a woman more so than his physical appearance. So, you know, everyone has their preference into each their own. But, uh, yeah, for me, you know, it's like, you know, this past Sunday, I met someone and I was like, okay, I said, she looks good. You know, I mean, it was the physical attraction that initially caught my eye. And afterwards, the conversation is good and all that stuff. You go from there. So, but like you said, it's completely a preference. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. I got a caller from the 865 area code. Chime in. And hit one on your dial pad whenever you're ready to jump into the discussion. Topic tonight brought to you by CrystalHickerson.com. All right, Buck. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how important is, is it to you for your mate to be sexy and why? I don't necessarily know if you can put it on a scale of 1 to 10. But that depends on, you know, the, that particular day. But as I'll just I'll see if I can t- try to classify it like this. To me, being sexual, I'm gonna just say five, and I'm gonna say the reason I'm saying five because, well, 
let's take that number up a little bit. Let's say seven. <laughs> you say seven? You're kind of breaking up on me. You say seven? Let's say seven, and I'm going to tell you why okay. seven. Okay, let's give, let's let's give you some examples, and I'm just this is this is just for me. Everybody's different, but I'm gonna just say for me in my own personal interest. Um, let's say for example, I have two lawnmowers, and I want to cut the front yard. My girl wants to cut backyard or side or whatever. Okay, I'd much rather have a girl that's willing to, to you know, be in the trenches with me than one that never wants to get in. So. I, what, I've, I've said this a few times on the radio show. I love a woman that would get under the car and help me change oil. I don't expect her to do it, but just to be there with me while I'm doing it and showing an mm-hmm. interest. Okay. Same thing with grass cutting. If she wants to grab a lawnmower and help me cut the yard so it'll be faster so we can spend, you know, spend quality time together, or she grabbed a lawnmower, I grabbed a weed eater or, or hedge clippers or whatever, I think it's sexy for a female to get out there in the yard and cut grass or be under the car with you try while you're changing oil because to me you get di- you get dirty together, there can there can be some moments there that can become very sexy. I mean what what if she's got on some tight fitting pants and uh cut off I mean, cut off sleeve shirt or something like that and be out there with you while you're cutting grass and stuff like that and y'all getting hot and sweaty together and well, let's say you got a pool in the backyard or something. I'm not saying get in the pool with oily clothes, but what I am saying is if you're just cutting grass, you know, if you grass comes ain't gonna hurt the pool, you got you got you know, things things could happen. Where, you know, you seeing how she she looking at you smiling, you looking at her smiling, you know, shit can happen. And I think that's you know, to me, if a woman can get dirty with you, you know, it can be a sexy moment. Um, cooking okay. in the kitchen together, in, in cooking in the kitchen, kitchen, you making a cake, and you pouring the cake batter in the um, in the cake pan, and got a little extra batter, and you know maybe she wearing something, maybe wearing some lingerie or something, you pour some cake batter on the titties or something, you know, <laughs> just, you know, okay. just just say, I haven't done that. I'm just saying, it's just an idea. That sounded maybe very specific. That sounded very specific. But you know what? You know, it could be a sexy moment is all I'm saying. I'm putting some ideas in some people's heads out there that are listening out there in Radio Land. Yeah, it's all good. It down. Yeah, at least, it's, at least it's me doing it and not Eminem. But the bottom line is there are moments in everything we do. You know, I think if you think back, we can think back in the moment, and I think we all seen this in, in the – and uh, uh, Fatal Attraction, where Glenn Close and, and Michael Douglas got it on in the elevator. I think that was a defining moment in sexuality because I think everybody on this planet has thought about having sex in an elevator at some point in time. And to me, that was sexy. If, what if you had your lady in there and y'all had a nice night out, you're not too plastered or anything like that, and get it on in an elevator or a stairwell or something like that. There are moments that can happen in anybody in, at any given time. And if you well, you did an M&M on this question. question. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah this, you took this, this question, the elevators a, and cake is, batter. Hey, this is a this is a buck exclusive for a change, damn it. I got, to, I got to have my time to shine. But these are things that, you know, these are, they're sexual moments. And if your woman is sexual, then these moments, this is what I mean when I say keep the relationship fresh. You don't always have to have sex in the bedroom. It can you can have there be defining sexual moments anywhere, 
and that's what keeps relationships fresh and keeps you, you know, keeps each other as long as it's fresh. Nobody cheats and things, you know, you get to, you know, you get to experience some things that other people just don't experience. These are things, okay. this is what I mean when I say keep things fresh. And I mean, those are just some of my moments that I would like to live if I hadn't already lived them that right. I think are, are important and essential to a relationship. So I would say seven, maybe eight, you know, on the sexuality thing. But, you know, that doesn't define a woman. Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, that does not define a woman. But my thing is, is that all I'm saying is keep it fresh because when it's fresh, it's live. And, it, and that's that's what makes it special. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, on Facebook, when I ask on a scale of one to ten, how important is it for you to be sexy for your mate? Uh, Shanera chimed in from where is Shanera from Vegas, and she said ten all day. All right. And let's see. Shamika chimed in from Jackson, Mississippi, and she said ten a must. So those are the two ladies who believe in looking sexy for their significant other, 1010. But let me go to the 865 area code to the volunteer state of Tennessee and bring on Daddy Rich. What's happening, bro? What's going on, fellas? Not too much, man. And um, all right, so let me ask you the opposite question, Daddy Rich. On a scale of 1 to 10, how important is it for you to be sexy for your mate, and why? As a man, you want to look good. You want to look good for you, for your mate. But males, we aren't too. Uh, it's not as uh, important for us. I mean, we want to look good. Don't get me wrong. You want to be fresh. You know, you don't want to go out looking like a, a fool. But you know. Uh, I say women are more prone to that situation because they're always women are always trying to impress the other women. They really not so as to impress other men, but they're it's like they want to outdo the next the next woman. Uh, but with men, it's like you know because I don't really care about my my perception of it is I don't care. I like what I like, so I'm not trying to impress anyone else. But as far as my mate, yeah, if she you know. Because my my lady does like for me to wear certain things when we go go to certain places or functions, you know I usually let her pick things out that she likes or whatever. But you know as far as uh, you know being out, you know males aren't too prone. We I I don't of course I'm not worried about what the hell other men are wearing or what, you know what I'm saying. I don't, I'm not worried about that. I'm just trying to I'm doing me. You know what I'm saying as far as my dressing it. And yeah, I would say that. I am influenced with my, you know, my lady or my mate. She does influence me a lot as far as how I dress when I go out with her. Okay, okay. And uh, and that's cool, man. I, I get that. I um, I think that, as, well, to answer both questions as far as how important is it to me that my mate is sexy on a scale of 1 to 10, I would say an 8. I, I just... And that's not sexy for the world. That's sexy for me. So that can be defined in, you know, something that's along my terms, um, not by society standards. And as far as what my obligation is to her, I feel like it should be the same. I mean, you, you want to have that confidence, that swag or whatever it is that she finds attractive about you, you know. 
and you want to kind of put that out there and you want to lead with it because what you do to, to attract someone is what you have to do to keep them, you know. So, but if you value your woman's sex appeal, then can it negatively affect their relationship if she gets, quote, unquote, comfortable and starts to lose that sex appeal? You know how some folks get comfortable in a relationship? Well, I don't know if that... I don't know if a woman ever loses her sexuality or, you know, or you lose sexuality in a relationship. To me, I mean, it just depends on, you know, I guess it can happen, you know, if something happens where maybe one of the people in the relationship experiences some some hardship where they may lose a job or a career or something like that, then they may lose some sexuality at that point. But it's up to the other person to make sure you know, when you're in a relationship, regardless of whether you're married or not, you know, the, the point of having a relationship is you're supposed to be there when the other one, when one's down, the other one's supposed to be up. It's supposed, you know, that's where the balance comes in. That's where communication comes in um, to help the other person be able to cope with whatever their situation may be. And as long as, you, you know, as long as you're strong partners, then, you know, you never should lose the sexuality, in my opinion, as long as you can communicate and are doing the right things. Um, everybody experiences some hardship from time to time. So, you know, you have to be able to pick the other one up so and be strong for that person. And that's what keep that's another thing when it, when I say keep things fresh. It's not just from, you know, that pers- from a sexual perspective, but it's for, you know, for the overall relationship of the, of the two that are involved. Okay. I mean, Daddy Rich, do you feel the same way, man? I mean, if, if you meet this woman and she's wearing the – Four-inch stilettos and, uh, you know, tight body dresses and everything. But after you all are together for about seven or eight months, now she's wearing sweatpants and Crocs. I mean, do you have the patience that Buck does to try to work through that and see what's going on? Or, I mean, can that negatively affect the relationship? First of all, I start from the bad part most times. But, uh, no, not really, man. You can, like Buck said, you can work through it, man, because, you, I mean, you know people are – you know, when you meet them out, uh, say, a club or whatever, however you meet them when they're out somewhere in public, they're going to be trying to look their best. And you know that, you know, when they come home and, and the mud comes off the face, that they're going to be much different than what they were. But you have to look through that to see what it is when you first meet them. You know, you can always get a look of what a person really is, you know, without all the clown makeup. And then when they get home and they take it off, you can see what they are. You're going to know what you got. And they put on the, the slum clothes and they're not looking like they were when you met them. You know, you, you know this. You you already know this. People got to go to bed. Their hair's going to be messed up. Things are going to be that way. So you, you, you got to look through that when you meet a person. You have to make a decision there, you know, how is this going to be here, you know. But, you know, I think you can work through that, man. If you If you really care about somebody, those things – you know, they don't matter. Okay, I think you make a good point there. Um, there are definitely going to be some things, but I think um, regardless of, of you know, we're talking about a man being good looking for a woman, a woman being appealing to a man, whatever the situation is, you definitely have to try to keep up whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, you never want to get to a situation to where you just you just stop, where you're like, okay, I'm safe. So I don't have to do this anymore. 
because <laughs> that's what some people do. I mean, man, I've seen it happen. Um, as a matter of fact, I know of a guy, and of course I won't mention his name, but this is a guy. He's a pretty nice guy, and he's been married for probably about six or seven years now. I'm not sure, somewhere between five and eight. And he says that his wife just stops trying, you know, and he'll try to buy her things, you know, outfits for her to wear. And, you know, it's not that she's gained weight or anything like that. He, he's, you know, she's still the same, but she just doesn't try anymore. And, you know, she's like, what's the big deal? You know, you know, we're married. We ain't dating no more. You know, he's like, she thinks it's funny, <laughs> but he's not attracted to her anymore. You know, and I mean, some people don't think it's a big deal, but it can be a problem. And this dude, you know, he just he talks about it at work, and he just looks beaten down, man. I kind of feel bad for him. So, I mean, it's important that people try to, well, put forth Maintain. the effort. Yeah, put forth the effort. You know I mean, things are going to happen. You're going to get older. Gravity is going to take effect. I mean, all that's going to happen. But you still can kind of dress for whatever situation that you're in. And when you just give up, and you just throw on the flannel shirt and the, the sweatpants, and you know if you're a guy, if you don't even you got your nose hairs going wild, ear hair coming out your ears and stuff like that, man. I mean, you know, don't don't do that. Don't quit, <laughs> like some people do. But all right, so Buck, how much of a role do you think, quote unquote, being sexy plays in things outside of relationships, like um, you know, getting promoted on the job or getting great customer service at a restaurant or something. I mean, how much does, what kind of influence does being sexy have on those type of things? Uh, I think it plays a role. I mean, you know, anytime you go to a restaurant, you know, if the, the female's really nice or whatnot, you know, regards, you know, you, you tend to perk, you know, especially if you're sitting there with your boys, if she eyeing you, then you're going to, you know, you're going to be trying to, I think it, it does play a, a role on that, and same thing with the women too. They see a guy come to the table, or whatnot, and they, you know, things happen or whatnot. I think it does play a role um, to a certain extent. It may it may get your food to the table faster or slower, depending on who, what what they look like or how you you know how you receive them or whatnot. So I think it does play a role um, to a certain extent. All right, Daddy Rich, do you agree? I mean. Can being sexy get you things outside of a relationship? Can you get promoted or something like that from it? Oh, yeah. You you know how it goes. It, it can get you a lot of things. It can open a lot of doors, you know, especially in the business that I'm in. <laughs> right, right. In the music business, definitely. No doubt, so. no doubt. I agree. All right, so, so having said that, is it wrong or immoral to use being sexy to get preferential treatment? Mm. Uh, mm. That's yeah. I would say it. Ah. <laughs> you don't want to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> what I want to say is, I'm trying to find the right word, the the right the right thing to say about that because that could go many different ways. It's according to the situation, I guess you would say. It's according to the situation and your situation, you know. It's according to what you got going on, and you know what you're doing, it, what you are doing it for. I'll, I'll right. say that. Uh, you know, I mean, what's an example where that makes it immoral? 
okay, let's say uh let's say you got a a, a lady that is uh she's working, getting money, you know, doing this with men tricks, whatever, whatnot, and <laughs> she's got kids, right? You know, she's got kids, well she knows she's got these kids, but she's working to get this money not to help the kids, but to go get drugs, right? So the right. kids are getting left gone, nothing's going on. That right there, that's that's seriously sick. Then, you know what I'm saying, you got other people that just do it just for money, and they're not getting anywhere. It's basically just drugs. They don't have any kids. Most of the, the prostitutes, that's that's one. I don't think that that's right unless it's done in a business manner. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> All right, so... But what do you think about it, man? Is using what you got to get what you want, um, is it wrong or is it immoral? It can be. I mean, I've seen it happen. Uh, I've seen it where, you know, women, women put themselves out there and put themselves in bad positions to, you know, you know, just to make it. And it's, it's not fair. I mean, it's it's been more. I mean, and that's unfortunate for them because, you know, you see – you know that you know. Sometimes women are exploited because you know because even if they're not doing it to, you know, get promotion, but they get it anyway because of it. Um, it's not fair to them. It can happen to the guys too. I mean, I've seen it happen on both sides of the tail. So, um, it can be, but you know, it's sometimes it's not what you know; it's who you know. And if you know who you know can get you there, I mean, I mean it's. Unfortunately, money is the root of all evil, but, you know, sexuality sometimes plays a key role in that. And, you know, bills got to be paid or it's going to be cut off. So sometimes the inevitable happens, you know. So it's a part of it, unfortunately, and today it's always been a part of it, if you ask me. Right, right. And it's for the love of money. Money is good. For the love love of of money. money. That's the root of all evil. But, I mean, so I think that when it comes to using what you got to get what you want, it's it can be deemed as immoral. It really can because you're basically, you're basically using a person. I mean, it can be the most innocent thing. Maybe you want, you know, some extra fries in your bag at McDonald's so, you know, you – you try to flirt or whatever, and you get the extra fries. Yes, is in the grand scheme of things, is it really hurting anybody? No. But you kind of put someone in a position to do something for you that they shouldn't have done. Because technically, they can be fired for giving you free fries. Now, will they? Probably not. But technically, it could happen. So when you put someone at risk, I think that um, that's when it kind of becomes a, a, a immorality. And, uh, you know, we may not look at it that way because we think it's something harmless, and most of the time it can be. But, I mean, when it's all said and done, you're putting some, getting someone to risk something to give you something, and that's not always a good thing. So, all right, uh, Daddy Rich, can a person be sexy without looking the part? Now, when I say looking the part, I'm talking about, you know, dressed a certain way, dressed um, like dressed like maybe what we see in the boardrooms. You know, women might have on a little power suit, power skirt, or something, or maybe someone we might see in a music video or some of these Instagram accounts that have like fifty thousand followers. 
I mean, can a person be sexy without looking the part? I mean, is there a such thing as, as quote-unquote, casual sexy, where you can wear sweatpants and baggy clothes and still be that? Man, oh, man, no doubt, no doubt. Because I can tell you, man, you know, this might sound kind of crazy, man, but I'm, I'm going to tell you this. And when my son gets old enough and he starts dating, I'm going to explain this to him. It's like this. Have you ever sat and watched on ESPN a volleyball match? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, or yeah. a softball game? You understand what I'm saying? Now, see, that right there, man, <clears throat> that's what it is. And, you know, after the games, used to when I played ball back in high school, I, you know, uh, I played at Oak Ridge. And Nikki Caldwell played there, and we kind of dated a little bit. And after the games, man, you know, some people think it was weird, but I would look at her and be like, mm, sweat, you know, I, I like that. You know, it, sometimes you can find people sexy and when they're not all dressed up, makeup and, you know, clothes on, or G ain't got his, his suit on, G'd up, you know. It's, it's sometimes you can find plenty of times. I can find plenty of scenarios. <laughs> okay, no doubt. okay. All right, and uh, Nikki Caldwell, the basketball coach? Yeah, LSU. Oh, check you out. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> That's her, her, her uncle is the, is the uh, coach of the assistant head coach at the Jets. That's my best okay. friend I grew up with. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, she was a little uh, – well, a shooting guard back in the day for the volunteers. I, That's right. Back at the Pat Summit. Yep. 91, 90, 91, yep. I got you. I ain't throwing that resume out there. Okay, but uh, <laughs> She's going to kill me for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to just throw out the identifier like that. I should have thought twice, but. Let me go to the phones and let me welcome on from the eight four three area code out in South Carolina, Miss Gigi. What's going on? Oh, hello. How are you guys? Doing great. Okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I wanted to chime in on the part where you all were saying that um, women were seeking. I don't know. Um, was it deceptive for women to take money? It's somewhere within those lines. Do you remember the scene from Set It Off when Jada Pickett slept with that guy to get the college money for her kids? Do you remember that scene? Uh, it's been a minute since I've seen Set It Off, so I honestly don't remember. But I'll take your word for it. Okay, well, there was that part, and she <laughs> she basically, like, cried. She did what she had to do because she wanted to pay for her brother to go to college. It wasn't about... I, he need he had a need and he was good with giving her the money for his need. They kind of had a I don't know unwritten prostitution type thing going on there. I guess you could say you know what I'm saying because she was really weirded out by it. I don't think that a lot of women um, genuinely go out there to solicit men. Um, there's just a lot of people that are undereducated, like you, mm-hmm. like. The other gentleman before mentioned, too, they have drug addictions and other things like that. So it's kind of like just doing what they feel necessary to get where they need to get. And, and, 
you know, it's kind of like public assistance. Some people stay on public assistance for 50 years, and some people get on public assistance, get by themselves a house, get a career, move on, and never turn back. So I think it's up to the individual and their sense of thinking. Now, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it happens. Okay, okay. And, yeah, and I get that, too. Um there are just certain things that I think you mentioned set it off. I think the same thing happened to Forrest Gump. I think she slept with a coach to get him into college or something. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, there are going to be people who use what they got to get what they want. And that happens. It may be for a noble cause, but it does happen. And um, it's one of those deals where if you look at it from just an unbiased and logical perspective, is it immoral? I think I think it can be. Um, but some people may look at it as, well, maybe it's more of a barter system. Because I'm giving you the attention that you need, I'm letting you see what you want to see, feel how you feel right now. In return, I'm getting this from you. So, I mean, you can look at it from, from different ways. But let me ask you, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, GG, and it's the, the last question that I asked. As far as a guy's concerned, can there be a such thing as casual, sexy? I mean, can a guy just wear like some bummy clothes, things he wears around the house on a regular basis, and still be sexy to to you? Absolutely. Um, a wife beater is nice. Um, even basketball shorts, like, yeah, that's nice, especially if you got a little swing in your step. And you you know you wear a boxer you you're a loose kind of guy. <laughs> Those things are intriguing. Um, yeah. At home, I mean, if you're like out in public, like you really, you know, I don't think you're approachable. If you're dirty in public, like let's say you have on workers' clothes like paint and you kind of dirty, you're uh-huh. still approachable, but. To be out at like 9 a.m. with some basketball shorts on and a white beater, a woman's going to kind of second-guess that if she's thinking about finding, a, you know, a lifetime mate. Okay, okay. And you mentioned the phrase dirty in public. I know somewhere Mary LaBelle is smiling. That's the name of her blog site. But um, So, Buck, let me go back to you. Last question on this particular topic. Uh, can you teach someone... To be sexy. Ooh, I don't know if you can teach that. I think that's something that's just in the person themselves. Um, you know, some when when sex, sex to me, sexuality is natural. Either you got it or you don't have it. I don't think you can be taught that. Um, because if you're trying to teach somebody to be sexy, you may teach them to be slutty and not not necessarily necessarily sexual. Um, you know, when it flows naturally, it just comes out, and it doesn't matter whether you you got a dress on, skirt on, jeans on, whatever. Um, it just comes out, and it's natural. And I just think that's just something that you just have. You know, you know how to be sexy. You know, if 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 you know, it's not something that that you have. If you don't have it, you just don't have it. But I don't know if that can be taught, in my opinion. Daddy Rich, what do you think? Can you teach someone to be sexy? I mean, some will argue that pimps do it all the time. Man, no, man, that's something this guy. It's just like trying to teach somebody to play basketball that just don't got it, man. 
<laughs> you know, it's either in you or it ain't. It's just what it is. You can put all the makeup on and walk the walk and all the clothes, but it's, it's not going to make you that. All right, Gigi, what do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely you can teach someone to be sexy. Are you bananas? I mean, there's just a certain extent that people aren't willing to go. And once you make them comfortable enough to let that part of themselves go, they'll slowly begin to let other little barriers down. It's a trust factor, but absolutely, you can teach someone to be sexy. You can. I I believe you. I think you can teach. They have to be willing. They have to be coachable. But I think it can be be taught. And like I said before, I think, you know, that's something that um, pimps have done. That's just something that's that's just happened, you know. First, they got to be right for the part. (laughs) Yeah, they got to have some potential. They got to have some potential, and they have to have the willingness to do so, you know. But... Um, I do think that it can be done, and um, I, I think that is a it can be done with a lot of people, um, a lot more people than what we would expect. So, I just think that is just like you know, just like with anything, a person has to be coachable. You know, if a person is coachable, you can mold them to almost whatever you want, but they got to have something there, and you have to be willing to to be patient to help them build on it, and they got to be willing to allow you to do that. So like Gigi said, you get them comfortable enough, then yeah, sky's the limits. You can turn a, um, I, I don't know, a, I was trying to think of someone who's not attractive. Um, you would think the ugly people would come to me easily since there's so many ugly people. <laughs> you ain't right. You ain't right. But, <laughs> you know, the, only, the only way I'll, that they would I'll become be nice sexy is if they had a sexy trait already. You can't be straight ugly and not have nothing with it. You see what I'm saying? Because it, it, to be sexy, you got, you know, to me, being sexy, you got to have something that makes me say, ooh. You know what I mean? If Because I've seen plenty of women. You know how it goes. You, uh-huh. you see them they, from the, the back, and you say, wow. Then they turn around, and you're like, oh, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, so, but, all right, man, so. It's got to be it, something there, man. You can't just take just the average ugly duck. And and make them sexy. There's no coaching that. That's not happening, man. Because ain't nobody gonna take a look and say, "Oh, wait a minute, that's not happening." And, and we all know that. <laughs> but I have to. I beg to disagree. Because you know when, listen, you ever get a girl, she's kind of homely, and then you just throw down. You, I mean, you just lay in her. Maybe you ain't had none in a while, and you just put in work. Okay. And the next time you see her, she got on that lipstick. She just looking fine for you. It's about how you do that thing. You know what I mean? Because a woman wants to be sexy for you. So when you but put she in, you gotta work, have something to make me want to put that work in. If I don't see no, no potential to put that work in, then no, that's not happening. That's what I mean. You you got to be. You gotta have. Either you got a body or you got a face. You know what I'm saying? The personality you got to find out later. Because with with most men, ninety. Percent, I will say. I don't want to put it out there, but I would say probably ninety nine percent. Men, the first thing they look at is the the physical situation, the right. face or the ass, and if or tits. If you ain't got none of that and something ain't popping, then that's, they're gonna keep walking. They, you're not gonna. There's nothing you can do. Trust me. 
I know women, there is not a damn thing Jay can do to make me look at them twice or nobody. You understand? They're just ducks. That's just what it is. But, they, I mean, there are those people that you would call that have something that attracts you to them, that, that they, they have a body, a face, that's the instant attraction there. That's, you know, those people have the potential to make themselves sexy. Now, people that just don't have it, being nice is a good thing, but being real is something else. Being real, there are people that just don't have it. Matt, can I ask you a question, though? All of these gentlemen on the line, then why were all those ugly girls the ones that got pregnant through high school and got a bunch Man, of Man, you ain't now? never lied. They probably had a people body was on drunk, and they was late night, and they needed something, and all the good ones was gone. Because if you don't move fast during those times to get one, somebody else has been shacked up with them. If you wait till 1 o'clock, 12 o'clock nightfall, you're done. You're going to have to get a duck. That's just what it is. You got to move quick. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, know what? You, hit, you hit something on the head right then because people ask me, you know, um, they, you know, I said, look, I said, you better make sure you get what you want before I get there because if you're waiting until I get there, I'm going to get the one that you're trying to get. Yes, yeah, exactly. Because you know how it is in the club. I mean, bottom line of it is, you know, these rookies out there, they want to, they got to get out there early at nine o'clock because when the when the when the pros come in, we take it, we take it and leave them. Everything, everything, everything. and and we're talking about one for a minute. You've been working on one for a minute. You better make sure you get it before the pros come. When the pros come exactly. in, we wipe them out. Exactly. And what she's talking about, the ones that had the potential to be sexy. Those are the ones that you got to settle for, and then if you miss there, which is probably about the 11, 10 or 11 o'clock situation, then you got to move on to the ones that I'm talking about that ain't got shit, and you're going to have to settle for that. And that's, it is what it is, because by that time you done had enough in you. Wow. I don't know. I mean, Gigi, I was going to ask you, I mean, if you threw Forrest Whitaker in a suit, can you turn him into Amari Hardwick or somebody, but... I mean, I'm kind of with Daddy Rich. I do think you have to have some type of potential there. I just don't think you can just take anyone and turn them into something that may be appealing to a lot of people. I just think you really, you know, let's talk about plastic surgery or something, but I just think some people, you just, some yeah. people are just, they're just I mean, injured. You just can't do anything. I didn't mean like that. I meant like, you know, with someone you find just something physically you know, attractive about them. I didn't mean just like some. I didn't say a booger wolf, okay? I'm not saying <laughs> if you're not attracted to that person, it, it doesn't matter what you do. Like you mentioned before, that man, he was like, I'm just not attracted to you anymore. There's nothing you can do. You're just not going to be attracted. I don't care if they put whipped cream and do every sex tip that's on the Internet. It's not going to work because you're not If they got that good dome now, that good dome will help things a lot. You, you know what? I can't. I can't. It's, you'll be fine with that, and then I'm looking in your face, and you're looking at a booger wolf. Man, hey, hey, let me tell you something. 95% of these brothers out here done had one of them boogie bears, and they'll they'll sit there and lie to you, but they didn't have them. Trust me. They didn't have them. Mm -mm. Wow. All right. Well, (laughs) that was interesting. 
That was interesting. We're talking about Booger Wolf and just, oh, man. Okay. Uh, on tomorrow's show, we'll discuss <laughs> guilt by association. Do birds of a feather really flock together? Or can you find good people who hang out with unsavory characters? That's what we'll discuss on Wednesday, September 15th at 10 p.m. Eastern on the Talk to Q Radio Show, brought to you by TruthDevour.com and CrystalHickerson.com. All right. Um, when we get into our final thoughts, I want everyone to hit on this topic right here. Uh, singer Azalea Banks was recently interviewed, and she said that even though she's pro-choice, that abortions should be limited to three for a woman. So you can give your final thoughts on tonight's show about the importance of being sexy and what it means to you, and also comment on this. You know, should abortions be limited, yes or no? And if so, then is three the correct number? And uh, Gigi, I'll go ahead and start with you. Wow. Um, <laughs> okay, um, I guess I'll start with the abortions. Um, when, when it comes to that, I think she's correct. Abortion is not a form of birth control, like regular birth control, like pills or or they even have the, you know, morning after pill and things like that now. So, no, it, it should be limited. I don't know if three is a magical number that she came up with, but I do think it should be limited because after a while a woman will actually destroy her body and be unable to conceive at all. Um. As far as what sexy means to me, sexy has nothing to do with clothing, um, shoes, a woman's hair or her makeup. Sexy is just a being. Some people just ensued sexy. It wouldn't matter if they had on a, a nun's outfit. They lick their lips and bat their eyes a certain way. That's what sexy is to me. Okay. I'm trying to think if I ever met a sexy nun, but... Uh, I, I get what you're saying. I, it's more of an attitude than anything else. The yes. Yes. Okay, okay. All right, all right. So, uh, thank you for that. And, Daddy Rich, I'll go to you, man. I mean, you can comment on the what Azalea Banks said about the abortion thing and also give your final thoughts on tonight's show. The abortion thing... <laughs> I really don't want to get into that. It is what it is. You know, I think it should happen to people to get raped. That's about what I have to say on that. As far okay. as you know, that that goes, I don't like to do that because that's political, really. But uh, sexy, I agree with uh, Gigi on that. That That is a great analogy of that. That's what it is. It's a persona. It's, it's somebody's aura. It's just how they, they come across. Uh, that is a good and good good look on that. I like that. Uh, and uh, look, man, great show as usual. Q. Hopefully, we'll have my man on soon. Uh, and I'll be looking out. Daddy Rich has got new stuff. Uh, I've had it for a while, but I'm having to keep things under wraps. I got some legal issues going on with the uh, the lady that was on previously. We're still battling that, man. It's crazy. Oh uh, man! But got new guys, man. Got Yukamea. Jay Benz, good fella. We got some big stuff coming, man. You'll hear real soon, real soon. We got some investors now, some sponsors. So we're going to be doing hey, some there big you go. things, man. Yeah, be looking out for us. Okay, all right. I definitely will, man. And 
Buck, shut it down for me. I mean, what do you think about the abortion thing? And give your comments on the show about the importance of being sexy. Woo! Abortion. Wow. Um, I have to go with Gigi on this. Um, You know, it does start to affect the woman's body at some point. And, you know, I I think there there needs to be some sort of limit on it. I don't know if... um, you know, is three the magic number or not? I'm not sure if that's the magic number, but I think there should be a limit on it. But, you know, there there needs to be some prevention also. Um, there's You know, there's some women that out there that are actually making some, some poor choices. So when you make poor choices, you put yourself in, you know, in these situations. So I think there needs to be some education as far as that goes. So, therefore, maybe, you know, abortion can be avoided. Um, okay. as far as, as far as, you know, the, you know, what's sexy and I think that's something that, that you, you, that's, that's in your inner self. I mean, I think that's something that you have. I mean, I know her, you know, Gigi said there may be some, you know, you, it could be taught, maybe, maybe, maybe not. In my opinion, I think it's something that you have and, you know, it comes out naturally. Um, it's not something that, you know. You don't have to necessarily have on sexual clothes to be sexual. You could just be sexual just in anything that you got on. It could be work clothes. It could be whatever you got. It could be, you know, it could be warm ups. It could be jeans. It could be, you know, whatever. As long as it fits, it fits well and ain't sagging on you. I think you know, as long as you, you know, know how to carry yourself, you know, it can be evolved. You know, it can evolve into sexuality. If that's you know, you that type of person. But great show, great topics, and. uh Great conversation about it, you know. I like to take that. That's something I'll have to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Everybody have a good you, night. <laughs> you kind of lost me on that one, but uh, got a call in the seven three two. I'll get to you in just a moment. And well, as a matter of fact, let me bring them on now. Let me go to the seven three two area code, the Garden State of New Jersey, and welcome on my man Ray. Ray, what's happening, bro? Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Daddy Rich Buck. And Gigi's on too. And uh, Ray, I don't know how much of the show have you heard, man, but if you want to comment on, um, you know, should there be a limit on abortions? You know, abortions are legal. I mean, so since they're legal, should they put a limit on as far as how many times someone can voluntarily get one? Oh, of course. But, you know, that's, that, that's a loaded subject, man, you know. It's one of them things that, you know, when you speak your opinion on it, people won't feel a certain way. But my opinion is it should be zero to one. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, this is a woman's country, so they kill all the children they want, and ain't nobody going to say shit about it because it was their body and this and that and the other. That's where you're supposed to cash your checks. You're supposed to cover your checks before you write them. You know what I mean? But... You know, if something were to happen where they get, you know, attacked or raped or something like that, then we understand what it is. The incest or something like that, we understand what it is. But coming back three and four times, you know, I know some females have up to four abortions. And it's just just ridiculous, you know what I mean? So I don't agree with it, zero to one. Okay. All right. Well, um... 
I I feel like if you're going to allow it, then there should be a limit on it. Um, I think twice is enough. I mean, I just don't think abortion should be used for as birth control. Um, you know, but since it is legal, then I would say two times is the limit. After that, there has to be extenuating circumstances. But, uh, you know, Azalea Banks has been kind of controversial with some of the things she said, but I don't have a problem with her saying that is that a limit should be put on it. I mean, I don't think anyone should have a punch card where the 10th one is free. I mean, that just means that you're just going way too much. So I do think that you have to have some type of um, some type of restrictions on it, I think, for people, for medical reasons or, or whatever the situation may be. But All right, so uh, we're going to have some, some zone coverage and talk a little sports, so we'll get to that in just a moment. I did want to send a shout-out to um, someone who was a guest a while ago, a while back, rather. Um, I'm sure Ray remembers her. Uh, her name is May. Um, I called her Nay the entire show because I misunderstood her name, but her name is May. And May uh, and uh, Ray, and Buck probably remembers her too, she was the woman that was also a guest that night Virginia Princess called in. Uh, so well, May was a guest on the show back then. That's how long it's been. But uh, I heard from her on Twitter today, and she passed her bar exam. Uh, for you know, oh, okay. So I, I just wanted to give her a shout out on the show and say congratulations to May for passing the bar. That's, that's definitely um, an accomplishment, and I wish you good luck in the future as being an attorney. You know, that's what's up from Mississippi Valley State. So uh, I, I definitely I'm very proud of her, and I've kept in touch with her. You know, over these past couple of years, and we have to get her back on the show at some point, because uh, I don't think we ever really got her commentary on what she thought of Virginia Princess after that show. So maybe I need to get her back on and play some of those clips and, and relive some of those moments to get her perspective on it. But uh, so yes, yeah, so I I appreciate that. I'm also five Facebook friends away from 1,000. So if five people want to go on tonight. And add me, then you know I'll send them a one thousand a T-shirt or something, you know. Uh, so I'm five Facebook friends away from one thousand. But my thanks to my official sponsors, TruthDevour.com and CrystalHickerson.com. I also want to thank GreatChats.com for being a sponsor of tonight's show too, and that's GR8Chats.com. Thanks to my show legends, callers, tweet chatters people on Facebook, and everybody else who participated in tonight's show. If you want more of these great topics off the air, then ask to join my exclusive Facebook group. Just search for T2Q on Facebook and ask for an invite because the group is private. It's invitation only. Get a heavy dose of the show topics every day in the T2Q group on Facebook, and you can also email your comments to me, just like Rochelle did, at talktoqnow at gmail.com, and I'll read them on the air. You can also use that same email address to request to be a guest on the show. Everyone have a good night. Peace out. Google Talk to Q. Hang on the line, and we'll get into some zone coverage. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to prove tonight, and we start the whole circle thing off. Help me. Move. We're not out. Let's go. 
but they are who we thought they were. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got an excuse tonight, Roy? Number six. I don't agree with that, but at the same time, 
he's not going to finish where he wants to because he he ducked, he dictated, and he never fought the people that need to be fought in their pride. You know, everybody's talking about the Pacquiao fight, but the man had one fucking shoulder. You know what I mean? And you're going to accuse him of taking drugs, and you was using them. That's crazy. Now, we don't want to talk about that, but that's what it is. That's a fact. You know what I mean? And whether we was disappointed, everybody spent the hundred dollars, they was disappointed. But the man had one shoulder, you know he had one shoulder. And you talk to whether you had to talk to with the Dobie Commission, though he couldn't take his shot, but you made sure you took yours. It's it's just crazy. But you know, I'm not against the guy making money and all that. But to me, when you claim you're the best, like Michael Jordan is my favorite athlete of all time, he did what he had to do against anybody, anytime, and he was the best at it. Not, well, this ain't the time for this. We'll wait a few more years, and a guy fights you six fights later. You know, to me, I'm not with that. If you're the best, you go out there and prove you're the best. And I, don't, I, I just don't I believe you did that. I agree. I mean, because if Michael Jordan would have said, you know what, I'm not going to play the Knicks this season. I'm going to wait till Patrick Ewing is 48, and then I'm going to play. <laughs> that, I mean, that's kind of essentially and, and, what, and, and what he's done. To make another uh, comparison, see, that's the problem I had with LeBron James. See, LeBron James would walk around and claim he's the best and all this and that. But Kobe Bryant would have come out at 30 years old and said, hey, come on, man, let's play you walk around there, well, it's Cleveland against the Lakers, not me versus Kobe and all this. And that. Now Kobe get an old man. Now you want the challenge. That's bullshit. <laughs> Kobe coming to the league, running up on Michael Jordan, like, let me test my skills out. Yeah, and, he tried them. And, and that, that's what I'm talking about. That's the difference. Now, we can't deny LeBron is great. He's one of the greatest of all time, maybe top five right now. But at the same time, it's the way you do things. That's what I don't appreciate. I ain't his brother making money. You can make $200 million a year if you want. Michael Jordan's got all the niggas in his back pocket. But at the same time, that's my favorite athlete. But I just want guys to do things correctly. If Triple G is supposed to be the guy, let me lay some hands on him. If Kell Brook is undefeated, let me lay some hands on him. You know, if Keith Thurman is undefeated, let me lay some hands on him. Now, mm-hmm. I got guys to show everybody what I can do and retire, no problem. I not can say I'm the best. He's he not what he used to be. Cotto, when we fought, he had already been beaten badly a couple of times and stuff like that. He ain't what he used to be. No, we want somebody, you fight him where he is, where he's supposed to be right now, and the world wants to see it. And he, we just didn't get that. He's gonna come back for a fifty about after it's been calculated, and I pick and I pick my spots, and the guy ain't what he used to be, or you know, me and Pacquiao fight again, so I get another two hundred fifty million dollars after I said I would quit in the first place. You know, to me, it's just all bullshit. And you know, other people will buy it, but not me. Okay, all right. And Gigi, you in the boxing? You watched the fight? 
I did watch the fight. Oh, wow. I came back just in time. I had stuffed away for a minute. Um, yes, I did watch the fight. I actually have a fight on my page. Um, he, he took, he took that last round out on that dude's face. That was like. Yeah, he did. He, he just, he was like, this is the last time I get to hit somebody for this amount of money. He just wore him out. For real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, um, yeah, the last round was, was actually pretty good. And, um. You know, Floyd kind of clowned the last 20 seconds dancing in the rain, playing to the crowd and everything. But um, I don't know if it's really – I listened to the most of the interview, and I don't know if he's really going to hang it up or not. I think that he may not fight in May, but if he doesn't fight in September of next year, then I'll believe that he's truly hung it up. But um, I just feel like he has one more in him, and he's going to find somebody he can beat and go for the you know the record on his own. But we'll see what happens. But um, try to get Kenny Bayless on the show. He was the referee. Um, now that it's over, I'm going to shoot him an email and see if he can come on. Hopefully for next week is what I'm shooting for. But all right. So let's go um, into football and talk about what happened. And, Buck, I'll give you the opportunity to talk about, uh, well, I know Daddy Rich is the Steelers fans too, to talk about the Patriots um, in the Thursday night opener. Uh, they defeated the Steelers 28-20. to what you see out your boys, man? What y'all need to work on? Cause y'all kind of got it off sluggish and kind of came along kind of late. Well, there's a lot of things we got to work on. I mean, secondary is the primary focus is where we need to focus on that and a, a decent pass. We only have one sack of Tom Brady. Um, and that was done by Bud Dupree. So, um, in order to help the secondary, we got to get you have to generate a pass rush. And that's what we we just not we just did um, for whatever reason. Um, there's there need to be some there need to be some changes made on the defensive line as well as the linebackers. I mean, this is this is my interpretation. The secondary was it was so out of sorts. It didn't really have anything to do with the you know the the system as far as the system on the sidelines. They they just they were out of sorts. The secondary was out of sorts. Kind of similar to what Seattle was. Uh, they were out of sorts too. Just you know, plays weren't coming in or something. I don't know what was going on, but but the changes I would make on the defensive line. Um, so you get you get the athletic defensive lineman that can you know get a push up the middle, so that way they'll they'll free up the linebacker, so they can they can tee off on the quarterback. And if you got a pass rush, you got to bump. You got to bump and run. The, the corners did not do a, uh, a job at all. I mean, you got you got Grunk, you got Elderman, and you don't bump these guys. You you're standing ten, five to ten yards off the off the receiver. In order to disrupt what Tom Brady's doing, you have to bump the receivers at the line of scrimmage. You got five yards, but use it. We didn't do it, and you let somebody like Grunk get open. You know, this guy like six five, six eight, something. I don't know how t- how tall Gronk is, but he's a big man. This man was open, and you let Julian Edelman whoop your ass. You know, it was it was disheartening. I mean, now offensively, I mean, with D'Angelo Williams, we did excellent. I mean, the man had 127 yards on I think 13 carries, so he's definitely not a has been. So offensively, we okay, and we we need a little. You know, we definitely missed. Uh, 
Bryant on a couple of plays because uh, Hayward Bay caught a ball in the end zone, but his feet were out of bounds. Uh-huh. Um, we we can drop a couple of passes. So, you know, we there, you know, to be twenty eight twenty one, that's okay, seven points. But I mean, we need to do some tweaking. Um, if I was a linebacker coach for the Steelers, I'd, I'd put Williams on the outside. I'd move. Uh, I'd move. Um, what's his name? Number ninety five. Move him to the inside, next to um, Timmons. But I Jones. think he's better suited for. Yep. I'd move him to the inside. I'd move Jones, Jarvis Jones, to the inside. Move Williams to the outside, and then maybe put um, Bud Dupree on the other side. And because Williams got that high motor, I mean the boy, the boy can play. They may need to look at some wholesale changes as far as that goes at the linebacker position. And def- you know, on defensive line, they need to keep to it, keep our nose tackle, but, you know, maybe put, you know, big big Daddy Wilkins on the other side. I think they did too many uh, – they were trying to put too many – they were trying to show different fronts by personnel and not, necessar- not necessarily scheme. So I do fault the coaches a little bit on on the way they coach the game because you can't just put personnel in to try to fool Tom Brady. You got to do something a little bit better than that. And I, I think it was a poorly coached game as well. But I think we, you know, it's just week one. We can make some changes. Um, um, I don't think, you know, I think also from a secondary standpoint, you just can't go with veteran leadership back there. If you got rookies or you got people that you brought in, you need to bring them in and play them. So. That's my take on it. <laughs> All right. Daddy Rich, I don't know if he left you anything, man. No, he didn't really because I, I look at it the same way. I mean, you're right, man. It, it was poorly coached. Uh, the defense uh, looked a little bit. I will give give them some credit. The defense looked a little bit better. It, it's still not – it's not Pittsburgh. It's, it's – but it looked better than last year. I mean, last year they just looked like they were, just didn't know what the hell they were doing. Uh, you know, but this year it seems like that they've got some kind of organization to things, but they're just trying to find themselves. You're right. Uh, I, I think that they may need to maneuver people around a little bit uh, there and, and and see what happens. But that Shay Ziz guy is a – man, that dude <laughs> – and 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 Bud Dupree, they're they're serious. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think you're right about that, man. Moving people around may may make some good changes for them. Yeah. All right, and uh, Ray, real quick, man. You know, everyone said Tom Brady was coming for that tail when he got back on that field, and uh, I mean, 25 of 32 for 288, four touchdowns, no picks. He he did what Tom Brady does. Yeah, man, those guys are not ready. I mean, the defense being off, that was that was an understatement. I mean, New England did whatever they wanted, when they wanted, and how they wanted. Yeah, it was a seven-point game, but it was really like a 14-point game. They scored when the game was over. And, you yeah, know, two seconds left. Tony O'Brown messed up half the country's money when he did that. He failed a <laughs> $100 million shift, that's what they say. Oh, what? Yeah. So, and the thing is, is you know, to me, they need to to be better organized because the guys got talent. See, but they got splash in the pan guys. 
you know, Lawrence Timmons, Ryan Sazier, we keep hearing a lot about, yeah, you make a play here and there, but you playing three downs, not playing one down. You know, you got to show up the whole game, not some of the game. You know, and I think it's just too much of that. And them wide receivers, like Brock, Brock is probably the best tight end has ever been. So he going to get his. But Julius Edelman, them, they just shaking these guys like fruit off a tree. And I'm <laughs> like, man, you know, what, what can they do, you know? Steelers' offense, they're going to be better, of course, and they get Bell back, they get Martavis Bryant. We know the offense is going to be straight. But without defense, you're going nowhere fast. Yeah, that defense definitely has some work to get right. And um, I, I think ultimately, I mean, you would think the franchise is the, the pedigree to get it together. So we'll see what happens going forward. But they definitely need to work on that. But that was Tom Brady they were facing on the other side. So, um, and Gigi, you said you had something sports-related real quick? Yes, I did. I wanted to say, you know, my condolences to Moses Malone's family. He died this Sunday. Our three-time MVP MVP um, basketball player. Do you guys know what team he played for? Uh, he played for like nine teams, but the Sixers are the ones I remember most famously. Yeah. Last team he played for was uh, San Antonio. Yeah. I don't even remember him at San Antonio. But uh played at the Utah Stars of the ABA as well. Yes, sir, he did. He was uh the first Milwaukee NBA Buck. player to to come out of high school if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Straight out of high uh, school. Yes. So. No, not NBA. Not NBA. That was the first professional. Yeah. Professional, you're right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he uh, did but wait, he did do a um okay, wait a minute. That's so bad. What's the guy from Miami? That's a shame. My memory has lost oh. me. He went back to the Sixers. He or he started with the Sixers, but he went back to the Sixers. He started with the Rockets. Who, Moses Malone? Yeah. Yeah. And then went to the Sixers. He won MVP twice with the Rockets and once with the Sixers. He won uh he went to the he won as he's the, one of the only if not the only player to win MVP in two different you know, conferences. He was uh, in the West and in the East when he went from Houston to Philadelphia. He had just won the MVP when he left, and then he won it the next year when he was in Philadelphia. Yeah, I Which mean, I he played was pretty good. Yeah, he played 20 years. Uh, I don't even remember him playing in 1994, you know, because he played into the 90s, and I promise you, I don't even remember that when he played, when you mentioned the Spurs. I mean, right. I remember him with, you know, mainly the, the Rockets and the Sixers. Um, I remember him playing with the Hawks for a minute. I think he played with Dominique. And I remember right. he played with the Bulls. He played with Washington. But um, And the, the Bucks too. Okay, okay. But, yeah, San Antonio just completely slipped my mind. But I used to enjoy watching them. Boy, that dude could play. He was just a baller. That's all he was, yeah, he too. Was. Yep. And I remember him being at the free throw line with those goggles on, and, and he raised those goggles on top of his head. He was sweating. I mean, most of my life was looking at basketball and poor sweat. It looked like somebody threw Gatorade on him. Yeah. <laughs> but this guy was 6'9", and yet, I mean, he led the NBA in rebounding 
um, six times, including 1978. He, he 24.8 points a game, 17.6 rebounds a game. I mean, he was just just a natural beast on the boards, man, just to be 6'9". So, um, and I mean, 6'9 was big back then, but still, you had some seven-footers that he could handle very well because Kareem used to catch fits trying to hold him. And Artis Gilmore used to catch fits, so. Yep. Uh, but yeah, definitely that. Um, I mean, he's definitely you know an icon that will be missed, but because he was one of my father's favorite players. One of mine. <laughs> yeah, mine's one too. Of mine. Mine's too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, let me let's see. I'm gonna hit really just gonna hit some of the games of some of the teams that you know we kind of prefer. And, and Ray, I'll go ahead and ask you about your Raiders, man, Ray. Raiders disappointed me. I mean, not that they lost, but the way they lost, 33-13 to Cincinnati, and they got, you know, garbage points in the fourth quarter. But um, they just just didn't get it done, man. 63 yards rushing on a 203 yards passing. Now, David Carr got uh, – not David Carr. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Derek Carr, Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr. He got hurt, so, I mean, he was – efficient before he got hurt and it looks like they said he may be back on Sunday which is a good thing but uh, I mean what 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 happened on, on this one Ray because I expect a little more out your defense and I saw that Charles Woodson went down too no well we had a couple of guys drop but the game was out of hand when all the, the injuries mm-hmm. started taking place I believe it must have been like 17 or nothing before guys really started getting injured uh-huh. And we just got out the gate slow, and Cincinnati came like it was the, the regular season. They came out like they was the one that was at home. And, you know, before we knew what, what happened, the scoreboard just kept changing. And our guys seemed like they never got in, in sync. And, you know, I, I expected Coach Del Rio to have these guys ready. Not to say it's his fault, but. The guys didn't look like they were prepared or ready to play. And, I mean, you know, the running back, Latavius Murray, he really didn't look all that impressive to me. And, you know, outside of probably Amari Cooper, nobody was really that impressive. I think that once we get a chance to come together a little bit more, we'll play better. But against a good team, we gonna have problems because um, unless something drastically changed and it was just a bad game and they started off wrong, it didn't it did it didn't look good. We looked better than we have in previous years, but you know it still wasn't what I was expecting to see with all the new players. Do you think so, that Cincinnati's a good team? Yes, Cincinnati. The way they came out on. See, Cincinnati has always been a good team these last five years. It's just the playoffs that have been a problem. But right now, what 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 they hitting everybody with is AJ Green is healthy. AJ Green is one of the best receivers in the league. They have one of the best running backs, Jeremy Hill, and they got Giovanni Bernard. To me that's the best run combination in the NFL. So when you put that together, along with Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert is fine. Yeah, he had a coming out party. Yeah, 
So, I mean, and people say what they want by Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is is a is a uh, very serviceable quarterback. Yeah. And he can put up numbers when he had parties to throw to and you protect him. So when you put all that together, Cincinnati can easily pretty much run the table maybe in a division if they oh, want wow. to. But the thing about it is, is are they going to take that next step? And when you look at their defense, you know, a healthy Geno Atkins make all the difference in the world. Yeah. So they yeah. got Michael Johnson back. These guys, he got you know, Pac-Man Jones back there. So they have, they have a good team. I mean, we just didn't do what we needed to do. And it was disappointing to see. I mean, we was getting whooped so bad. I remember I turned off to, to watch all. God, who it was. Maybe it was. Was no, it wasn't the Bills in Indianapolis. That was an early game. I turned. Was it? I turned over and watched somebody because I just couldn't really take no more of that. Then we scored some points late, but mm-hmm. you know, we definitely got some improvement to do. Okay. All right. Definitely that. And, um, well, as far as, you know, the team I follow, uh, the Cowboys pulled off a 27-26 victory over the Giants. Had a couple of casualties in that game, too. But uh, that game, man, first of all, the, the Giants' defense played very well, the way they were stripping the ball and making plays on the ball. Um I mean, because I was talking to um, some people about the game. They were like, well, if Dallas didn't turn it over three times, I'm like, look, this is not like Dallas just gave the ball to the Giants. They took those balls. You know, I got to give them credit for that. And if Tom Coughlin manages the clock along with, well, Eli, I blame Eli mainly because he was actually on the field. But if they manage the clock, I don't think Dallas has the time left to go back down the field and score. Now, um, when they kicked the field goal and made it 26-20 to 20, with um, like a minute 34 left in the game, I thought Dallas had plenty of time, and I kind of expected them to win. But, uh, man, the first mistake Eli made was, uh, well, first of all, I don't think you, you throw the ball on third and goal when you know a team doesn't have any timeouts. I think you run the ball. If you don't get in, you run the clock. But when they decided to do the rollout and Eli threw that ball out the back of the end zone, you could have, you should have heard how I was laughing at the TV when he threw the balls back in the end zone and stopped the clock. Why he didn't take a knee to run the clock? It still would have been a short field goal. It would have been shorter than an extra point. Um, you know, with 33 yard extra points now. Why he did that, I have no idea. And I just think the Giants made so many, so many mistakes with the clock with under four minutes left to go in the game that it wasn't even funny. Um, a couple of plays, Eli hiked the ball with, like, one play he hiked the ball with 22 seconds left on the play clock. Another time he hiked the ball with 17 seconds left on the play clock. And all those seconds came back to bite them in the end. Now, uh, as far as Dallas is concerned, I, I mean, they, they got over on this game. I think the offense is going to be fine once uh, Dez can come back healthy. Uh, the running game was okay, but it wasn't, you know, DeMarco Murray. Um, I don't think Joseph Randall ever posed a threat on any particular play. Darren McFadden looked good on one or two runs. Uh, the defense took a hit when Randy Gregory went down, and he might be out for a month uh, 
for a high ankle sprain, and those ankle sprains just don't go away that easily. So that could be something that's bothering him all season, and he was getting off the edge really good. So overall, I mean, I, I think, you know, Dallas dodged a bullet on this one. I think they need to tighten up on the um, offense and get the running game going. The defense did well because, I mean, um, you know, the Giants scored what had two points um, scored on defense, had four, two touchdowns scored on defense. So the Cowboys defense really only gave up, you know, 13 points. And, uh, I mean, that's kind of what I saw. But without Dez, I mean, I don't know how they approach uh, the next six to eight weeks or however long he's going to be out. But anybody want to comment on the game real quick before I move on to the next one? Okay. Well, I can oh, say this. As, yeah, far, yeah. as far as the Giants go, they got some massive issues they have to deal with. Um, you know, the Giants, they were poorly coached, too. Um, you were talking about the uh, the clock management. That was just retarded. And it, it was funny to watch them, you know, piss poor, piss poor clock management, man, is what I like to say. So, but, uh, Tom Coughlin, you know, we were talking about, you know, Bagano on, on the hot seat. I think Tom Coughlin, they've been trying to get rid of his ass the last two years, three years. So, um, they got the right shit really quickly. Because uh, right now, I mean, with the rest, Dallas looks all right, but the rest of the division is wide open. And I think in order for Tom Coughlin to keep his job, he has to at least either win the division or at least be second. So, he got some work to do. Yeah, I just I just think that Giants just blew this game, man. They 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 handed it over. I mean, Eli's a veteran quarterback, that should have never happened. And I mean if they would have won the game, even if they lost next week, everybody would have been, you know, a one one, a one and one or something like that. Oh and one yeah. even the division out. But now they have a possibility they may lose two games because Philly and uh, Dallas, one of them won't cancel each other out. You know yeah. what I mean? You should have had a chance to put two losses on Dallas. And Philly would already have one. So even if the yeah. Giants do lose to Atlanta, whoever they're playing, it would have made it a, a better situation. But that was just, you know, that's just something dumb you don't expect to see in the pros. Yeah, yeah, it was just just bad. So, all right. So, um, another game of note, man. How about the Rams, thirty four to Seahawks thirty one? Now, I knew the Rams could play the Seahawks tough, but there's no way I would have actually expected them to win. And you know, at one point they were, um, you know, it turned out they had control of the game and twenty four to thirteen late in the third quarter. But then, you know, Russell Wilson did his thing, and they scored uh, three touchdowns in the fourth and ended up putting it in the overtime. But then the Rams outlasted them, and Greg Zerline hit a 37-yard field goal for the victory. But did anyone think the Rams could win this game? I mean, they always played the Seahawks tough. They've beaten them before. But opening day, did you expect the Rams? Before we start, don't be surprised if they win that game. Now, I watched the entire game, and, man, that Rams defense was on point. 
And I mean, wasn't it Seattle didn't play a good game? They played a good game. It's just that, man, them guys was everywhere. And Aaron Donald is the best interior lineman in football. I mean, them guys, Michael Blockers, uh, Quinn Long, all of them, they got a defense. Now they got offense to go with it because Nick Foles made some good plays on, on Sunday. And, you know, he don't necessarily have the best targets to go to, but he was making plays. I mean, I don't think it's a problem for Seattle because the Rams play the hell of a game. But um, the Rams look like they may be on their way to something. And, you know, I know that uh, Danny Rich disagree with that. But at the same time, you take a quarterback from any team for 31 games in a tough division, where they going to be? Now they got a quarterback and they got a defense. So I think they they, they on their way to doing some things. Now, of course, Arizona's tough, Seattle's tough, and the way things looked last night, shit, San Francisco was going to be all right. I thought they was going to be 3-13 and 13 or something, but uh, yeah, over and over, they, after what I saw last night. Yeah, they looked good last night. They really did. So. But yeah, I was um I was surprised that the Rams were able to to pull it off, and um, you know prop, props to them for get, for getting it done. I mean they're off to a good start, but if they play them again, I don't know if that happens. I, I think the Seahawks are going to get it together, but um, that was kind of surprising. Now another game that um, I know Daddy Rich you may have paid attention to Tennessee dropping a forty two fourteen beat down on the Buccaneers. Um, is Marcus Mariota really that efficient, or is Tennessee just? That, I mean, is Tampa Bay just that bad? I think that we'll find that Tampa Bay is just that bad because they were that bad last year. Uh, just because they got a new quarterback and the guy's supposed to be the savior doesn't mean that they're going to turn it around. You know, they've got problems. Their line looks like. Uh, Alcorn State or something, man. I mean, they're just people just running through. Every time that boy gets the ball to drop back, man, he's, he's running. You know, he's running. <laughs> so I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think that you know that that uh, Tampa Bay's progressed any. Uh, I think that Tennessee's better. I will say that I think Tennessee's better, but I don't think that we should take from this. Marcus Mariota is going to be that. I think he's going to be good, and he showed good uh, uh, good flashes and, and played a good game. And I don't think that we should say, well, Winston's going to suck because Winston also showed he stood in there and, he, he you know, he's not going to take off right away. He's going to do his reads. So I think once he gets a line, he's going to be okay. But Tampa Bay is really bad. <laughs> Let's just say okay. that. They're just really bad. They They look like they're going to be bad. So – Mariota, though, 13 of 16, 209 yards and four touchdowns. Um, Jameis Winston on the flip side, 16 of 33, 210 yards, two two touchdowns, two horrible interceptions. I don't know if you saw those interceptions, but it was clearly a man who had no idea how athletic (laughs) NFL players are. Uh, He had one defensive lineman get up on one, I believe, and so – yeah, he just has to get used to the speed of the game, I think. But, 
Yeah, just didn't just didn't look that good. And Doug Martin, eleven carries, fifty two yards. But overall, running backs really didn't do all that well yesterday. Aside from Carlos Hyde, they really weren't any impressive, you know, outbursts of running back. And well, yeah, Matt Forte did have a good game. Um, Adrian Peterson, you know, has to knock the rust off, so he's been out for a minute. I understand that, and the Forty ers came to play. But there are a lot of guys who had like you know sixty yards and. DeMarco Murray didn't have a lot of carries last night. I think he only got like nine carries. So I don't know if that's going to be the norm for him in Philly. It's something that I mentioned um, in the preseason that I just thought that it was him leaving Dallas and going to Philly was a lose-lose because Dallas lost someone, um, a workhorse, and then he's going to lose because they're not going to use him the same way that Dallas did. I think the only way DeMarco Murray gets more than 15 carries is if Philly has a lead in the fourth and they're just trying to run out the clock. So as long as they're playing like they did yesterday, I think he's going to be on the sidelines and Darren Sproles is going to be the man because Darren Sproles was doing it big yesterday. You know, he he was really getting Philly back in it. And as far as um, the Falcons are concerned, Falcons, you know, pulled that off 26-24. I was impressed with the Falcons, man. I mean, Julio Jones had enough yards in the first half for a good game. He went from 9 for 141 in touchdowns. And uh, Matt Ryan had a decent game. He, he well, one interception. Kiko uh, uh, Alonzo, oh. he made that. He looked like uh, Odell Beckham on that. Um, but I mean, the other interception was a bad interception. I think that Matt Ryan threw, but he didn't. He didn't play poorly. And I like the running back Tevin Coleman. He had 20 carries, 80 yards. You know, not a bad start for a rookie. So, I mean, is Atlanta back? And this is for whoever wants to answer it. Is Atlanta back? I mean, because I expect a big thing from Philly, and they handle Philly pretty well. I look at it like this. No. I'll tell you, just like this, um, you know, we 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 found out. Uh, Atlanta got some they got some, they got some tools. Um, they may be back, but we'll know that by the end of September because we, uh, they, they played a really good game. But they also exposed something as well as far as the Philadelphia Eagles go. The Eagles got a lot of problems. And like I said, you know, I'm looking for – I got a Chip Kelly watch. If they won in four at the end of September, he won't have a job by week five, the week six. So I'll be honest with you. If he loses be- next week, he's in, I'm not going to say he's in, he's not going to be in trouble for management, but the fans are going to call for his head if he loses next well, week. The bottom no, line of it is this. You can make like me talk about Philly fans. No, man. Yeah, like I, I mean, like I say, I, I, I'm around a lot of Philly fans. And, you know, so, uh, Philly fans is erratic anyway, but at the same time, the reason why they lost had nothing to do with Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly got the game plan. These boys just went executing. When they came out the second half, they executed, and – you know, they started making plays and everything else. They in position to win. You can't coach the boys and play at the same time. It ain't like the Philly got whooped because they was unprepared, poorly coached, and all these other things. Them guys just didn't make plays the first half. And what did Chip Kelly do wrong? He got Kirk Alonzo on the team. Guy made a heck of a play. DeMarco Murray only got nine touches, but he did get two touchdowns. You know, Ryan Matthews is looking good, running strong and hard. 
you know, Darren Sproles is on the team. He got there a lot of good things. And a lot of people, you know, my thing with Chip Kelly is I don't like you turning football into a science project where you can just, you know, because I won't stand in front of you. He's kind of like the Mayweather of football. You know, I duck and run, and you can't hit me, and, you know, a lot of smoke and mirrors. Yeah, I like yeah. to get a lot up in front of you, and we see who the best is. So I don't think Chip job is in trouble. I think um, where, I, where I fought him as far as his coaching, um, and I know this is just his style, which is why I think that it's going to be difficult for him to be successful unless everything just goes right. Um, and that's that, you know, he ran the ball, I think, nine times in the first half. And uh, and I think four of those came on the last possession of the, of the first half when they were just trying to run the clock out. And if you run the ball just nine times and DeMarco Murray only has four of those carries, um, he's not going to be the guy that he was in Dallas, and which means I think it's just a uh, – He's just a, an ordinary guy if he doesn't get the workload. And, I, you know, he's going to have to balance all of those people and everything. I think Darren Sproles definitely fits the offense, but I, I just don't think DeMarco Murray fits that offense, you know. And um, they did get back in the game, and they had a chance to win it. If it weren't for that missed field goal, they probably would have won it. But if Sam Bradford throws 52 times, then I, I'm not expecting them to win. Not that he's not a good quarterback. I just think that just that just means that the team is completely off balance, and anybody with any type of pass rush can, um, you know, make it difficult for them. But as far as their their rookie receiver Nelson Aguilar had one catch for five yards. Um, Zach Ertz three catches for 46 yards. Jordan Matthews looked good, ten catches for 102 yards. So. Um, they just have to kind of straighten things up a little bit. But, um, I mean, I still think they're a dangerous team. But, I mean, Atlanta kind of surprised me pulling off this victory. But uh, I just think as long as Philly doesn't run the ball, then it's just going to be kind of hard to be a threat to a really good team. Um, now, let's see. A, a big disappointment for me I thought Detroit was good enough to go to San Diego and beat the Chargers in San Diego. They lost 33-28. to uh, San Diego scored 23 points in the second half. Well, it looked like Detroit had this game in the bag. And um, Amir Abdullah, Abdullah went for a touchdown on his first touch, 24 yards, but then only touched the ball six times after that. I don't understand that. Can anybody explain to me how you can have the type of lead that you have you have a running back that goes for a touchdown the first time he touches the ball, but he only touches the ball six times after that. That's Caldwell for you. I mean, but really, with, with, with Matthew Stafford, he has a terrible record against winning teams. I forgot what it was now, something like 4-33 and 33 or something like that. No, so that's bad. Check that record out. He has a terrible record against winning teams. So it's hard to believe he was 11 and 5 or whatever all you can come up with in his career. It's three or four wins against winning teams, but yeah, that's the way it is. So, you know, it's it's surprising if you didn't know that fact, but knowing that fact, you can see how they can come out losers on the end of that one. I mean, Amir Abdullah is, is a, a special weapon. 
He showed what he could do in preseason. He showed what he could do in the game Sunday. To not use that guy, I think he could have put up like a Carlos Hyde type of numbers had they would have kept running him. But, you know, you got to have Carlos Six for that. Yeah, um, they just, yeah, Caldwell, I'm, well, I've never really been a fan of his, but they just really ruined that opportunity to get a game on the road. I don't know if that's going to set the tone for them for the entire season as far as what happens next, but that was just a very bad missed opportunity. And San Diego dominated them, um, time of possession, um, 38 to 21 minutes. Phillip Rivers threw for 404 yards and, I mean, he just does his thing. And they started off slowly, but he picked it up. Kenan Allen had a big day, 15 catches, 166 yards. That's so stupid. And Stevie Johnson's a nice addition to them, too. So um, San Diego got over, and that may give them a little confidence to kind of keep going. And in the meantime, you know, uh, Detroit just has to try to figure it out. Melvin Gordon in his first action, uh, 14 carries for 51 yards. His longest run was nine, so we'll see. Uh, excuse me, it was 14 yards, so we'll see what happens with him going forward. And the biggest surprise to me before we start to wrap things up was the um, the 49ers beating the Vikings 20-3. to It wasn't that they necessarily beat the Vikings, but how they dominated them. I never felt like the Vikings were ever in this game, even when it was just 7 nothing for a little while. The Vikings just felt like they were just outmatched. Um, the 49ers had five sacks. They got after Bridgewater. And Bridgewater didn't have a bad game. I mean, he was 23 of 32 for 231 yards, touchdowns, and he did have an interception. But I don't think he had a bad game. But I think the fact that Adrian Peterson wasn't able to run made it, and the fact that Carlos Hyde was able to run made it easy for the 49ers to walk away with this victory. And, um, I mean, is this something you all think they can kind of follow this same um, game plan and get over on some people this year and not be as bad as a lot of us initially thought? Well, I mean, if Carlos Hyde keep running the way he's running, oh, yes, of course, they, they can do some things. I didn't expect them to come out with the fire they came out with. And, um, you know, it's really not Adrian Peterson's fault. What did he get, 10 carries? But the running back is 10 carries. You can't really see what could have happened or what what didn't happen or whatever because he didn't get a chance to get going. I mean, right. it's all right if Marco Murray only gets nine and we're saying that ain't enough. Why is it enough if Peterson gets ten? So I think we just got to let him get into the offense, but San Francisco just jumped all over the Vikings. Man, they didn't have a chance. And if they keep playing like this, that guy, I forget what his name is, that's the coach. He's going to be coach of the year because I've never seen a team lose as much as they lost in one year and come able to come out and play like that. Okay. And um, they did. They lost so much, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but it, it didn't show. It didn't show. Those guys just, just played ball, and they were in control of that game for the entire game, if you ask me, and um, yeah. got it done. I was impressed with their defense more than anything. Their defense was really good. I thought their defense would really have some cracks and, and it would show weakness because of the losses, but it looked as if their defense 
No, nah, I'm not going to say they didn't miss a beat, but they are on point. Yeah, they look good. So, um, Coach got his first victory. I can't remember the coach's name. Uh, he got his first <laughs> victory. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens to them um, the following week. But, uh, oh, I, I would be remiss if I, be, if I let they out. Uh, <laughs> I would be remiss if I um, somehow didn't mention this abysmal performance. Um, I thought on both teams of Denver and Baltimore, a nineteen thirteen Broncos victory. Um that was that was kind of a hard game to watch. And now uh, Brandon McManus became the second person, I believe, to kick two fifty plus two fifty five plus yard field goals in the same game. Um but I mean Joe Flacco, eighteen of thirty two for one hundred and seventeen yards and two touchdowns. And Peyton Manning was twenty four of forty for hundred and seventy five yards and uh, I'm sorry, two interceptions, not two touchdowns. And he had one interception. Neither one of them threw a touchdown. I don't know if you all saw this game, but this – I mean, it wasn't like it was just some defensive battle. And, I mean, I just thought it was just some bad quarterback play on both sides at, at, at a lot of points of this game. Well, I didn't see it to the end, but, you know, just the score in itself and – the numbers by the quarterbacks, you know, just didn't seem like it would have been an interesting game to watch, you know. But I do believe Kansas City, the way they play, they're going to put it on Denver tomorrow night. We will see. But, you know, maybe they're just trying to work the kinks out of the new offense. But it didn't look good from what I can see off the highlights. It didn't look good at all, man. And, um, I mean, the running game wasn't there. C.J. Anderson couldn't get going. That may have been more of the defense. I don't know. He had 12 carries for 29 yards. Ronnie Hillman had 12 carries for 41 yards. And on the other side, Justin Forsett had 14 carries for 43 yards. So it was just the offense just wasn't that great on either side. Or maybe the defenses just played well. I don't know. I mean, you're talking about um, – I mean – Philip Rivers basically threw for, for for more yards than these guys had, and um, Denver had eight penalties, and uh, Baltimore was two of thirteen on third downs. It was just kind of a sloppy game that no one wanted to win, and um, ultimately the Broncos were able to pull it off. But there were some passes Peyton Manning threw. Man, he threw passes. A couple of passes went straight into the dirt, and um, it's like his fundamentals are shot. I don't know if he's trying to overcompensate because his arm is not as strong as it once was. But, uh, I mean, we'll see going forward if he's just rusty or if he's just old. You know, is he going to be Willie Mays stumbling around in the outfield or swinging out, striking out at first, you know, I'm at home plate and falling? Or is he, you know, going to go out gracefully and, and be a halfway decent quarterback this final year? Because I don't think he has another year in him. But um, another surprise was how the Bills jumped on the Colts. Now, I knew the the Bills had a good defense. They won 27-14. But their offense looked pretty efficient, you know. Uh, I mean, they won't blow you away with their numbers. Now, they did have – well, they did have 147 yards rushing. They won't blow you away with their passing numbers. But um, if they run like this, man, um, it's going to be hard to beat them because 
uh, Tyrod Taylor had, you know, 41 yards rushing. And when you have that element to add to Shady McCoy and Carlos Williams came off the bench and had six carries for 55 yards, he did a great job. Um, man, the Bills are going to be hard to beat if you can't score 20 points. I told you. I told you. The Bills yeah, have a I really good game, too. They got a feral defense. We know defense is good. But Rex Ryan coached that defense is even better. I mean, Indianapolis couldn't really get nothing going. Mm-mm. That boy's team was all over them. You thought Bills was the number one defense in the league. But, you know, they got a, they got a good shot. Because they got a defense. Tyrod Taylor looked good, too. Yeah, he was efficient. And if the Bills, I mean, the Bills, you know, I think I heard someone on ESPN say that they have the potential to be, like, an all-time great defense. Um, and maybe that could be the case with the way they look. Because they they shut Andrew Luck down, man. I mean, he he was 26-49 of 49 for 243, two touchdowns late in the game, but he had two interceptions and – Frank Gore had 31 yards rushing, and nobody was doing anything. And so, you know, think about it. That front line, they got, what, they got three Hall of Famers going across that front line. So, they they don't have a a good good team, a good defense line. And I don't even know their DBs. With Ronald Darby, Stephen Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore, Corey Graham, and Aaron Williams. I mean, they're not big name DBs, but you don't have to be when you have a front seven that's getting it done and putting pressure on the quarterback and making them get rid of that ball a lot sooner than what he's ready for. So I'm going to keep an eye on Buffalo, and um, I look forward to watching their next game just to see their defense again. So, all right, uh, do a few who, who am I? Well, quite a few who am I. This is a pretty popular birthday. And then we'll go ahead and get up out of here. This guy is a five foot ten, two hundred and nine pound running back who turns twenty three today. Drafted out of Washington in the second round of the two thousand fourteen um, draft by the Bishop Sankey. Bishop Sankey. Okay, that was fair. He did a ray on that one. This no, guy. That he said Sankey first. This guy was um, yeah, is a a six foot one, one hundred ninety three pound defensive back that turns thirty three years old today. Drafted out of the University of Texas in two thousand seven in the first round by the New York Giants. Aaron Ross. Aaron Jermaine Ross, who's also uh, married to Sonya Richards, one of the fastest women in the world. Mm, All right. This guy is a six foot three, three hundred and fifteen pound offensive guard who turns forty four today. Drafted out of Nebraska in the third round in nineteen ninety three by the Kansas City Chiefs and inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Will Shields. Will Herthy Shields. Herthy. Mm. All right. Uh this guy has like the coolest middle name of, of all in football. Six foot four, two hundred and twenty four pound quarterback, drafted out of Pittsburgh in the first round in nineteen eighty three by the Miami Dolphins. Dan Marino. Yep. 
Daniel Constantine Moreno Jr. <laughs> Turns 54 years old today. All right, make y'all think on this one. 5'9". Uh, nope, actually I'm not because I thought this is not who I thought it was. I thought I was thinking Dale Carter. This is Dexter Carter. Nah, right. Let me go with this one. 5'10", 215-pound running back. Turns 53 years old today out of East Carolina. Uh, he was drafted in the 10th round in 1984 by the Cleveland Browns. Viner. Uh, uh, oh, man, you knocked that one down. Ernest Biner. Ernest Biner. Yep. Ernest Alexander Biner. A five foot seven, 195-pound running back. Turns 55 years old today out of Syracuse. Drafted by the Giants in the second round in 1982. Oh. Nick, Nick, Joe Joseph Eric Edward Morris is correct. Had a brother that went to Michigan. All right, raised on the road right now. All right, I'm gonna throw this at you. Uh, oh, this is gonna be a tough one. 5'11", 184-pound defensive back that turns 58 today, drafted out of Kansas by the Los Angeles Rams in the third round in 1980. He wore number 47. Oh, uh, Todd Lake? Nope. No, no, no. Eminem might get this one since he's an NFC guy. If you're not an NFC guy, this is a tough one. Oh man, number forty-seven, Randy White. No, he played um, ten years with the Rams and finished up with Detroit in nineteen ninety. Had thirty-five career interceptions. Aeneas Williams. Uh, no, yeah, nope. Aeneas. Isn't that his nope. name? No, the the oh, guy that had eyes. What's his name? Shit. <laughs> had, the, had the crazy I'm gonna eyes. Give out this one. I'm about to give you all this one. This is a tough one. Does anyone remember Leroy Irvin? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, NFC people might get that one because um, seeing him on the other side back in the day with the Los Angeles Rams, he's a pretty good DB. Last one. Six foot five, 270 pounds, defensive tackle. Um, he would have been... 74 years old today, but he died in 19, excuse me, he died in 2010 at the age of 69. Drafted out of Utah State. Um, He was drafted in the first round of the 1962 AFL draft by the Broncos, but he ultimately played in uh, Los Angeles when he was drafted in the first round in 1962 in the NFL draft by the Rams. He was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 1982. Jones, no. Defensive tackle, Los Angeles Rams, number number 74. Merle, uh, Merle, uh, uh, Merle, uh, uh, the guy played on uh, Little Alfred DeGary. Merlin Olsen. Merlin Olsen. Merlin J. Yeah, good one, good one. All right, fellas, that's going to wrap it up for this evening. Tomorrow we'll preview, uh, we'll, you know, touch on anything we may have left out, and we'll preview the upcoming week. Um, 
to see what's going on. Uh, really quick, Daddy Rich, man, Tennessee let me down, man. I thought for sure they had Oklahoma. Butch Jones' fault. Bad coaching. Bad coaching. You're at home, 102,000. You're on the one. You got a 6'1", 240-pound running back. Sending. You're going in the halftime a minute and 28 seconds. You got a good drive going. You're at midfield, and you kneel. Get out of here. The man is not ready for big time yet. I've always said, I've told all my comrades around here, he followed Brian Kelly everywhere. And Brian Kelly was the host. He was just learning. This is his chance to see if he is a host. And so far, he's nothing but talk. You got to add a personnel keto, bro. I think they got some talent. Bad moves, but you gotta have a we got a good team. We got a good team. That that game right there, the reason I'm really down on him on that, because that was a signature game for him. That was a game we should have won. He let it go because he did not do the right things, didn't make the right calls, man. He didn't make the right calls. I, I, I just hope that they are. Uh, Get it together before they play one of them big SEC teams. Wait, old Miss is looking right now. Man. Alabama Miss is going to test this weekend. Yeah, yeah Alabama. Alabama won't be in trouble. Ole Miss is going to test this All weekend. They play in, in Alabama or Alaska, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> but, real, but real quick, I wanna, I thought about something today that I want to run by you guys. Now, we all know New England does things that, you know, are considered against the rules. Now, when I watch a little documentary or pieces of the documentary where just do your job, where they talk about the play with Malcolm Butler. Now, they call Malcolm Butler into the game. They did not call timeout. I believe somehow the way Malcolm Butler cut on that football they knew what the play was before the play was even drawn up. Just watch the video. I know we've seen it a thousand times, but look at it. Now, I'm thinking with these wireless headsets, maybe somebody was able to get that play before they actually got it because no way they could have set that up the way they set it up if somebody didn't know something. Malcolm Butler ran to that ball harder than the wide receiver did. You're right. That's a good point, right? Very good point. I mean, when you watch it, when they slow it down, I know we watched a thousand times. Malcolm Butler was on his way to that football before Russell Wilson even threw it. Yeah. Yep. And only way you could do that is if you got your head in the huddle. Because you thought you had a game one, the guy made a circus catch, got him down in the red zone, your head is spinning. You don't know which way to go. Every so much confusion for a guy to come into the game, and they set everything up the way he did, and for him to cut to that football, you would be thinking, okay, we're going to stop Marshawn Lynch. Why would you be playing the, the pass the way you played it? He had to know something. That's a good point, Ray. That really is. The, the, the Patriots, we're just going to put it like this. Tom Brady's great. But he's a cheater, so he gets the asterisks. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, 
said, we'll break down some more stuff on tomorrow and go from there. But all right, fellas and ladies, still holding. I appreciate you um, you all joining the show tonight. And go to TalkToQ.com to get more information on upcoming shows. Um, Again, tomorrow we're talking about um, do birds of a feather flock together? You know, can good people hang with bad people and still not be um, bad people themselves? And we'll get into some more zone coverage on the back end and take a look at this weekend's games. So everyone have a great night. Talk to you on tomorrow. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Call it, go ahead. Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what I meant. <laughs> you want to be my blog lover. My name is Quincy. The Talk to Q Radio Show. But I do believe that the love for money and power most of the time outweighs their love for women. And this is my show. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying too. I think I'm still doing a lot of shows with this. this thing too good. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World?